you are now tuned in to the Alright Talk Show with me, your host, Shane Trainer, where we talk all things business, health, money, mindset, and everything in between. So crank up the volume, sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Oric Talk Show. I'm absolutely honoured to have the founder and CEO, Tim Hayden of Hagley West Watches, join me on the show. Tim has successfully and quite literally built a global watch brand from scratch from his kitchen and continues to do so at a very rapid rate, if I don't say so myself. Stay tuned to listen to Tim's incredible story so far. So Tim, how are you doing? Thanks for joining me. Well, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Yeah. Really excited for this one. So I'm just going to get sort of straight into it and just um, ask you, what was you like from a young age? And did you always know that you sort of had that entrepreneurial flair inside of you? Yeah, I did. Um, but it's kind of beaten out of me uh, along the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, when I was younger, the one, I remember one of the first things I did was I produced with my sister a magazine. Uh, it's called the Hayden Weekly. Um, and we put this uh, magazine together um, and I remember selling it to, um, I think we, we did two copies and yeah. uh, we sold one, I sold one to my mum and then I, I sold one to my nan and I went around to my nan's office and while I was there, um, I saw she was showing me like this thing and she had this new thing called a photocopier. So we're talking about 1978 here, 1979, and I saw this photocopier. And then I looked at all the people, I was about eight years old, nine years old. I looked at all the people in her office and I could see there were about a dozen people in there. And uh, I just said, is there any chance you could photocopy this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this magazine? And that was, a, that was my first step into entrepreneurship. And she, uh, she ran off 12 copies. We stapled it together. And then I went around to her office and I sold it to everyone for like 5p each or something like that. Fair play. Uh, and that was my first uh, step into it. I did a few other things as well. I remember at school, I ran a book on the uh, on the snooker world championships uh, back in the eighties. Yeah, uh, I did that, and uh, yeah, so I, I dabbled like that. I was always fascinated by it. I was always fascinated by businessmen. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I, I, I want to be a businessman. I want to wear a suit. That's what I thought. That's what yeah. that was my growing up. I want to buy. If I wear a suit, I'm, I'm going to. It's going to be good. Quite, quite funny that isn't it because yeah I guess when you think of the word businessman someone asked me this before when you think of the word businessman what comes to your head and it's like yeah suit briefcase probably a pinstripe suit and then business you think office maybe a 1970s looking office but that's all changed now isn't it and obviously yeah. obviously from what you've been doing um business has changed like massively um it's incredible yeah mm. it's just incredible I mean I look you know, the opportunities now to start a business, it's never been better. Never been better. I mean, I, I kind of wish this opportunity was around in the 20s. I mean, there's no way in the, nine, in the 80s or 90s you could have grown a, a global brand from your kitchen. It would yeah. have been impossible. Yeah. It just wouldn't have happened. Um, and now, you know, through social media, the reach you can have. Look, three days ago, I sold my first ever watch in Brazil in Sao Paulo, uh, which is our 63rd country. We've Congratulations. Cheers. I was over the moon. I was over <laughs> the moon. One watch. One watch in Sao Paulo. And That's so, nice. uh, you know, how could that have happened in the 80s? Or yeah. The 90s? Even, the, even the early noughties, 
It just couldn't have happened. It's only been the last 10, 12 years, really, where that opportunity has, has really uh, shown itself. Yeah, massively. And, you know, just just for the, the audience listening, how long has Hagley West Watches been sort of going now? Been online for just over five years. Um, in the state that you see it at the moment, it's um, we're just coming up to our two-year anniversary because we did a relaunch in 2020. Mm. Um, yeah, we started online end of March 2017. Um, the way I thought the business would go and the way it went, two completely different things. Uh, I was given some uh, bit of duff information, really, because I've never done anything on the internet. I've never done an e-commerce business. So I was expecting a, a lot faster response. And I was only doing it part-time to start with. But I saw the opportunity. And then at the end of 2018, I thought, right, I'm going to give up my other business and concentrate on this full-time. Because you've got, you've got to be focused. When you've got a business, any business, if you're distracted or if you're spread too thin, you know, it's not going to work. So you have to give it everything. You have to put everything into it. So in 2018, I decided to do that. And, and then I built, I took a year building an audience. Then I went to, I, I needed money. <laughs> so yes. I needed an audience first. And then I went to the audience with a, uh, with the crowdfunding opportunity and uh, broke the world record for crowdfunding for my industry. Um, and then that was, so that was the end of 2019. And then I took six to seven months to um, restructure the business, um, redesign watches, and then relaunch. Uh, it would have been a little bit faster, but COVID came out, which did yes. it. So, uh, yeah, so it, it took 18 months of full-time work to get to a position of relaunching the business. And now we're just coming to two years. Yeah, and what a, what a massive two years it's been. And I think that's when... I think I came across your, was it, I think it was TikTok actually, um, during lockdown, because um, I think that's when, that's when TikTok became a huge thing because no one had anything to do, essentially. Yeah. And TikTok, I know, was grown anyway, but yeah, I think TikTok, yeah, I think my partner was on it, everyone, because <clears throat> I was, I happened to be working throughout lockdown and everyone was on it at work and it was just a big thing. And yeah, I mean, and just going back to um, like you're selling, um, a watch in Brazil it's like it's like you said like I think in the five years and obviously the two years uh, relaunch that you've been doing this um, but you, you're so right like I think I listened to Reebok's um, I, I listened to Reebok's story um, I read the book not long ago and for him to get global that took him way more than five years so that's a very I'd say that's personally a very short space of time that you've managed to do that which is phenomenal yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the first three years of trading, we turned over around about £25,000 a year oh. for three years. That, 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 and that was it. And then the fourth year, uh, we jumped to 40, 40, 47,000, something like that. And then um, last year, we did about £400,000. And this year, we're going to be doing around about somewhere around about 1.2, 1.3 million. Yeah. So it, it, it's, you know, the snowball effect is certainly happening. Yeah, absolutely insane. Cool. So, yeah, I want to roll things back a little bit then just to be when you first started. Um, so was you in full-time employment and then you decided, obviously you, you were doing this sort of part-time. Um, and what was that moment where you decided, right, I need to 
quit what I'm doing to go into this full time? Then was there a certain switch or did you have a plan? Right, yeah. Um, it wasn't really a plan. Uh, right, when I started this business, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 30. So I had other IT businesses, uh, IT services. Uh, I was running B2B business. And um, that was going okay, but I was semi-retired. I was only working on that a day, uh, one day a week. And then um, I decided to go into this watch business with a, uh, with a friend of mine. And the whole idea that was that I was going to uh, fund it and he was going to run it. And I was just going to guide from the, from the sidelines. Yeah. And then I, I just started getting more and more involved. And I could see the huge opportunity, but I was just spending that time learning, learning about social media, I'd never been, I'd never done anything on social media. I didn't even have an Instagram account. Um, I didn't know anything about e-commerce. I didn't uh, know anything about um, uh, B2C or, or D2C business. Um, I've never really dealt in, in product sales. It's always services I've done, uh, B2B uh, services. And so for the first 18 months, I observed and I realized that the business was going absolutely nowhere. Uh, and that we needed money to uh, the business because at the time we were doing everything on Instagram and Facebook, and the organic reach on Facebook was gone. Yeah, we were four five years too late for the organic reach. Mm. So yeah. I knew we needed money for a strong marketing campaign and advertising. So I spent a year building up an audience to then go to with with a crowdfund. Um, obviously, things changed with TikTok because TikTok came out, and when that came out, I just thought, oh my gosh. What an opportunity, you know, this is my, the, the, you know, my Instagram moment I missed by five years was yeah. now landing on my lap. Uh, let's take advantage of it. Um, but yeah, so the, the decision, the decision to switch wasn't an easy one because I knew I wasn't going to earn any money out of this business for another couple of years. And I knew that there's only so much the bank of Tim could stretch. And I knew that eventually I, I'd have to sell my house uh, and move into rent accommodation, which is where I am at the moment. So I knew, and, and that's a big risk to take at my age. You know, I was, I was 48 when I made the decision to, to basically pack up my comfortable lifestyle and, and, and risk everything to go into this business. And I knew that at the age of 50, I'd have to be selling my house. Uh, so i am now gone back to how I was when I first left my parents' house and rented accommodation, which is uh, the first time in, what, 27, 28 years I haven't owned a property. So, yeah, it's a big risk, but I didn't want to live with... I didn't want to go forward in life and look back and have any regrets about not going for it. And I think that's it, isn't it? I think, like, yeah, all entrepreneurs, I'm sure, they, including myself, I, I don't want to grow up and be on my deathbed and going, I wish I'd taken that risk or I'd wish I'd done this. And I think, yeah, life is is literally too short to to have those regrets. And I think, yeah, even no matter what age you're obviously, I think obviously that there's are there are calculated risks. And I know you said you kind of didn't have a plan, but you sort of had a vision and where you wanted to go to a degree. And I guess oh, you right. know. Well, I, 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 you know, obviously the business has a, has a plan and a strategy. Mm. Where I, I, it's more my life plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, own personal plan, my own personal agenda uh, it, it just got to the stage where I just thought Do you know what I haven't reached my full potential I've, I've, I've built you know good sized businesses 
I've had a very comfortable lifestyle. As, as I said, semi-retired for all my 40s, I was spending time with my kids. Didn't really want for anything. Uh, everything was good. Everything was easy. Everything was comfortable. Yes. Which kind of made me feel uncomfortable. Yes. Being, being comfortable makes me feel uncomfortable. And so I just thought, well, I can't sit here and, and, um, and say to my kids, go for it. Live the best life. Follow your dreams. Uh, take risks. And... Um, you know, reach your full potential. I can't say that to my kids if I don't do it myself. So instead of telling them, I thought, well, I think it's time to show them what the old man can do. Uh, so that was a really big, that was a really big factor in, in my decision-making with my kids. That was a good, a good, um, they always say um, you need a good why, um, the, your reason why um, to do what, to make decisions, to do what you want to do, um, what, you know, to make the leaps of faith is to have a big enough reason why. Obviously, that will keep you going as well uh, when there's the, the bad times and the downsides. Um, that, 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 do you know what? That's the number one bit of advice I give to anybody who's starting a business. What's your purpose? Mm. Why are you doing it? What's your purpose? When you've got a purpose, you've got the, that long-term overview of what you, what you want to do and what you want to achieve. And that means that all this, the short-term bumps in the road are just bumps in the road. You know, you just keep going. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle when they're younger as well like let's say for instance in you know in their early 20s even to mid to late 20s because they don't necessarily have to have things figured out at that age you know because you're still learning absorbing figuring out what you want to do some people yeah they get you know their early 20s and they they figure out what their why is quite early which is fantastic but others don't and they they get worried because they don't want to be they know that they've made for great things and they want to just take the leap but they're not sure what they want to do and I think you know sometimes it's okay but definitely got to have a why and focus on something even if it's not something you're passionate about but you love doing it um so like a job that you're in or whatever like make that you focus and get amazing at it and grow yourself up the ladder there's also those sorts of options too um but talk us a bit about why you chose watches i'm sure you've been asked that many times do you just do you have um like a fascination with watches or you thought i'm just gonna eeny meeny miny mo <laughs> talk a bit about that um uh, it wasn't my idea Okay, there's somebody, <laughs> somebody else's idea. Um, I, I was um, I was in Menorca. I, I, I go to Menorca a lot to play cricket, and uh, this time I went. I um, I went with a buddy, another cricketer, yeah. and uh, we were there the weekend. I was, this was going back to 2016, um, and. He was talking about, you know, he wanted to do stuff in business. And I remember on the last day, we sat down over a beer after a game of cricket. And I just said, I said, what do you want to do with your life? And he said, I want to start a watch company. I said, well, tell me about it. And he started telling me about what he dreamed, what, what he wanted to do. And I said, look, you know, if you're really serious about this, I said, I'm in a position where I can back you. Um, let's meet up when we get back. Let's meet up and have a chat. Uh, I said, present to me what you think we can do and um, maybe we can do something. So when we got back, we, we, we chatted. But what I did was I went off and me with the head I've got, I got so kind of excited from what he said about it. So I looked into it. Uh, I looked through the industry. I looked uh, what the markets were like. I looked to see what the competition were doing. I looked to see what the supply chain was. Um, so I, I did a really big thorough background check and then then he came round. he came around to my house and i said okay well, what's your uh, what's your idea for the business 
and he basically I hadn't presented anything. It was just it's just a thought process, and it's, it's basically his business plan could have been written on the back of a fag fag pack packet. It was just you know it was very basic. So I said, right, okay, uh, I've got a plan, uh, but I need somebody to run it because I've got my own businesses. I won't be able to do it, um, and so that's how we set up. Uh, and so yeah, it wasn't anything like that. But what what really what I really liked about it. And what struck a chord with me was that, one, it was fulfilling my purpose of wanting to build a global brand, wanting to build something absolutely massive. Um, That's one thing, because I want to grow this business. I want it to be, I want Hagrid West Watches to be recognized globally. Um, And two, it kind of uh, scratched a a creative itch I had. Um, I've always liked art, paintings. I've designed a few things. I've designed a few bits of furniture for my house. And I just really fancied designing some watches. Um, so yeah, so nice. my, uh, yeah, my desire, my entrepreneurial desire, and then my creative desire were, were, were both met by, uh, by doing this. So uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I was very excited about it, very excited. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like, that's, that's so random. Cause I, I personally like love watches and I thought, yeah, someone would have had to have a love for watches. Cause I'm, I'm guessing, um, how have you found the industry to break into? Have you found it difficult? Obviously, you know, you've got, I feel like you guys have got a niche with your message. Um, love your journey. Um, so yeah, what, what, what have you found it? Yeah, I think, I think this is another thing as well, because when I started, a lot of people said, you know, it's a really crowded market. Um, and also a lot of people sort of said, well, what, you saw a gap. Did you see a gap? What, how do you identify that gap? I didn't see a gap. You know, I, I, I forced my way in. Um, and, you know, I don't think there are any gaps in the watch industry because it's just, it, it, there's so many businesses, there's so many different companies, there, there were no gaps. Uh, so you have to make your own gap. Um, one of the things I saw with, uh, with this and by looking at the internet, and the, the, the brands didn't come about straight away. Because when we first started, I thought it'd be a, a, a bit of a trading uh, business where we'd set up watches, uh, we could get a... Um... So when I first started, I, I, I honestly, from what and how I thought social media worked, never having looked at it or done anything with it, was that we could grow a organic growth and we could basically put out these pictures of these watches and they'd sell more or less on the design of the watches mm. and the affordability uh, and the accessibility of them. Uh, obviously that didn't work. And, but as w- what happened as, as we're going through, I was trying to identify the brand and really put a meaning behind it. So I, I came up with the idea of Love Your Journey, which is basically the ethos of my life and how, what I live by. Um, and then I, I just started really developing that. And then what is, after I developed that, that's when I realised what a huge opportunity we had. Yes. And, and I think I, I really like that message because I think um, for, for me, that message means um, don't be so fixated on, on the goal, like love the journey to get to get to that goal because that's the most important thing because I think like what a lot of people struggle with once they I've spoke to people that have reached goals whether that's financial goals or getting a you know their favorite car and then it's like a warm bath I want the next thing it just gets cold very quickly and I think but the journey to getting that whatever that may be is the most important thing that's why I really, I really like your message and I'm sure you know a lot of people can resonate with that too 
100 percent. i mean a, a brand is the emotional link from an audience to a product mm. so there's got to be that emotional link you know um you, Hagley West is growing because of brand, not because of watches. Yeah. It's growing because because of the message that we're putting out. And you're 100 percent right. I mean, one of my uh, my quote on my Facebook from back and when I first started on Facebook was, "Don't live for goals, live for the journey." Uh, and then, you know, it's extension of that because I was when I was younger, you know, I live I live for goals, and it's like, like you say, it's like forever climbing a ladder. Yes. You know, I've got to reach that next rung. You reach the next rung, you, you pull yourself up and you go, yes, I've made it. And then you think, oh, there's another well, rung. The <laughs> it's never ending. On what, on what stage are you grateful for where you've got? On what stage are you happy? On what stage are you enjoying the process? You know, so, yeah, I mean, so love your journey. I think it resonates with so many people. People who overcome adversity to triumph. Um, people who achieve uh, who achieve things but, but what they really achieve is is contentment con being content with where they are mm. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be ambitious yeah. but you should enjoy the journey that takes you to that ambition that takes you to that purpose you know but all all entrepreneurs I know and people in general who are, are successful are people who are enjoying the process that loving the process and once you love the process, you'll just keep going. That's right. And like you said, you know, you, you read about sportsmen, you know, or Olympic, Olympians, they get the gold. What next? You know, they put so much yeah. effort, they pick up the gold and you hear about depression in sportsmen, they get back and then they go, well, what do I do now? And it, you know, it's a common thing. Um, and it's, it, there's, um, I think the sportsmen that cope with things best is that when you know the ones that have got a plan afterwards. That you know their overall purpose isn't that goal, isn't that gold, but watch yeah. just But it, it's it, it's the it's their purpose. It's their life purpose. What they need yeah. to achieve, in life. and that is just part of their journey. Uh, I, it's it's a crazy thing, isn't it? How a goal can be such a letdown. Yeah. An anticlimax. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's how you keep going. Loving yeah. the process. Yeah. And you, 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 you hit the nail on the head. So many people get depression, especially in the sports industry, like you mentioned. I think I heard that on Stephen Bartlett's podcast when he interviewed like a gold medalist. They went, it's the most depressing day of my life when I won gold. I was like, that's actually, yeah, that's actually crazy to think. But yeah, I think other people, when they've said, when they've reached like, like a million pound milestone in the bank or they, they won an Oscar of movies, most depressing day of their life. And you wouldn't think it, but it's like, well, because they've got nothing to work to next. But I think, yeah, like you said, people have got a plan to do something afterwards of the one that. Yeah, and it's crazy. I, I see so many people on uh, social media and the goal is to have a certain car or you know, they aspire to have a certain lifestyle because that's the goal, you know. I get asked all the time, you know, when, uh, when do you think you're... Uh, when did you realize you had made it or when do you think you will make it or you know at what stage will you buy the car what stage will... those things those thought processes just do not enter my head yes they just don't enter my head that thing about making it oh yeah i made it the day i was born yeah. <laughs> you know that's, that, that, that's how i feel you know you make it the day you're born you, you know and you know they said what, what, what's the end goal and <laughs> one person i actually said well the end goal is death yeah, that's, that's the end goal of life is death. 
Mm. <laughs> it's what you do in between. Yeah. Um, you know, what, I don't have to hit a certain number. People also say to me, you know, what's the goal with a business? When you say we want to grow a global brand, I haven't put a number on that. It's not like, okay, let's build it up to a net worth of 50 million, 60 million, 100 million, 200 million. I don't know. I don't know. There's no number on that. Um, you know, I, I will run this business and build this business as long as I'm achieving um, my purpose, uh, as long as I'm enjoying it. The moment I don't enjoy it, I'll sell it. Yeah, it's time to exit sort of thing. Yeah. 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 It's a long way off. Yeah, no, of course, because it looks like you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a long way off. And and speaking of enjoyment and fulfillment, and just quickly going back to something you said about um um the the brand, it's about your message. I think that like it's not about the watch. That's what people buy into. And I think just from watching all your content and your stories, um, like you deliver to all your customers as well and people buy you gifts and it's just like really humbling and, and lovely to see. Obviously you go the extra mile. Um, I watched I watched a TikTok story. I think it was a couple of weeks ago and you was like, please don't land on that number. And wasn't it in like the Northern Lights somewhere in Scandinavia? <laughs> I was like, yeah, and then you just went off and went there to deliver the watch. I, I, I do some crazy man stuff. If that's what you're asking. I do some crazy man stuff. Love One it. of the things about the brand is it's okay having a brand, but how do you put that over? Yeah. How do you get that to resonate with somebody? How do you get people to realize or stand up and notice? How do you stand above the crowd? And, and the, the one of the ways to grow a business, or the only way to grow a business, let's put it this way, the only way to grow a business is through word of mouth. So my whole thought process is, how can I encourage word of mouth? How can I get people speaking about me? When Dave buys a watch and he gets it delivered on a Saturday and he walks into work on a Monday, he walks in with a watch and someone says, oh, you got a new watch, that's nice. I want, instead of Dave just going, thanks, I want Dave to say, oh yeah, there's this bloke on TikTok. He's on YouTube. Have you seen him? He sold his house to, to uh, develop this business. He goes all over the place delivering watches. He does these fine Tim challenges in the middle of nowhere. He's gone to the Arctic Circle. Have you seen him? He's got like thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. When, when he goes in and he talks about the watch and he talks about my story, he's then, I, I, because well, what I'm doing is promoting that word of mouth. Then the other guy would go, hang on a second. On TikTok, and then he'll look me up. So that's how I want, you know, that's how we're trying to grow it. And now we've got people in. I get messages. I get a hundred requests a day for hand delivery of watch. At wow. least a hundred. How do you manage uh, that? All, I mean, do, well, do, do you like? Obviously, you. I know you would love to. I know you've said, but I know it's logistically important. I've watched a few. I've hopped on a few of your lives as well, and I know people are always saying, "Can you deliver to here, 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 here?" And you're like, it's logistically impossible, but I know you'd love to. You generally would if you could, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I love handling what the watches. The best part of what I do is meet my audience. Handling the watches is a brilliant, uh, if I may say so myself, it's a brilliant way to grow the business. More than it gets people talking about you. More than that allows you to really understand your audience. I mean, I really know who my audience is. So I know what they're going to want. I'm, I know what they, what they like. Um, but it's a way of showing gratitude. You should be grateful to all your customers because they're the ones keeping a roof over your head. Uh, and it's also a way of making great content as well. Now, obviously, I don't have to deliver all the watches. It's physical impossibility. Um, but what I do is I can do different challenges. 
and I, I do European challenges. I do a live on TikTok. I say, anyone that buys and watch during this live, I'll put all the names into a hat. I'll pull one out at random and I'll go and hand deliver it. And yeah, the last few I've pulled out, I've been to Stirling in Scotland, uh, Rotherham. <laughs> Uh, I've been to Kent, Canterbury, I've been to Hampshire, and I've been to Oslo, and then I pulled one out, which was in the Arctic Circle, so I had to go there, and next week, what day is it today, Tuesday? So Tuesday. next Monday, I'm going to, uh, I'm flying to the Netherlands. Amazing. I've got one to deliver out there. Yeah. And, and we're going to America soon as well. Are you going there to hand deliver, or just, just, to, just to go and to test the market and stand with your iPad with the timer to get someone to... I'm going to do both. I'm going to maximise the opportunity. Love We've it. got loads of customers now in the US. We're just starting to... Uh, we're expanding the audience out there. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hand deliver some watches. I'm going to meet some customers, surprise them. And then I'm going to do some fine team challenges. Uh, I'm just... We're just going to maximise every single second we're out there. We'll probably go for about four or five days. We'll see how it goes. And then if it's successful, we'll, we'll, we'll do some more. Love it. Yeah, absolutely love that. I am conscious of the time, so I'm just sort of going to ask, um, sure. yeah, quickly, like, what are your plans uh, for the future? I know, you know, briefly, you've got some NFTs uh, as well um, and other bits and bobs, accessories coming out in the future. Yeah, I mean, we've got... Um, I try not to think too much because... It's almost overwhelming how much we've got planned and how much we're doing and, and the speed at which we're growing. Um, but the big things are, uh, we've got an anniversary event coming up. So we're doing a lot of that. I'm trying to uh, break a record of selling, I want to sell a thousand watches in a day. So I've pinpointed a day, which we're going to try and do it. We're going to release loads of new watches on that day. Um, that's a short-term thing that we're doing. Uh, the long-term projects we have, are going into the clothing market uh, and also the NFTs. I want to make, I want to be a pioneer of the industry and I want to position Hagley West um, for, the, uh, for the metaverse. Now that's going to be years down the line. So what we want to do through the, with the NFTs is to allow people um, to have wearable Hagley West watches within the metaverse. But we're also what we're doing is we're handing over the power to the NFT holders to design the watches. So it's going to be a real inclusive, which kind of decentralizing the brand. Yeah. We're going to put the power in, into the hands of the people and they're going to make they're, they're going to make the decisions on what is designed, how it's designed, and uh, and all future watches, all future Hagen West watches will be designed by our audience. That's absolutely mind-blowing stuff. And the fact that you guys are thinking decentralization. Um, it's you know again just you know five to the the two year new uh, new relaunch after doing it straight away it's thinking in the future already is is amazing obviously you, you're trying to get within the game to be up to date and um, yeah it's I'd, I'd love to talk to you about NFTs and the metaverse you know I could talk about that stuff for hours but uh, <laughs> probably for another time in the future but yeah definitely guys you know listen to this yeah definitely go and keep an eye out for those and you know just to sort of wrap things up um how can people get in contact with you and uh, obviously you know go and follow your journey uh yeah i mean i'm on all social media platforms 
Um, and so, you know, we've got the business uh, platforms. And it was basically, we've got two things. We've got the Hagley West uh, platforms, and then we've got the Tim Hayden Entrepreneur platforms. So I'm on uh, Tim Hayden 6 on TikTok and Hayden.Tim on uh, Instagram. All the others, you can just search Hagley West Watches. Perfect. And I just want to quickly ask you, actually, um, which was a question that's just popped into my head. Uh, what's your other personal favorite watch brand obviously apart from Hagley West do you do you have one did you wear watches before I that? didn't wear a watch before I no. do you know what? I I um when I first looked at the market I looked at the competition I haven't looked at them since yeah I, 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 I'm not, uh, I, I don't have a favorite watch brand other than my own um of course I don't I don't focus on competition I don't spend any time or energy I'm too busy <laughs> trying to Doing your own stuff, stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah nice yeah Totally fair. Yeah. Love the answer. Okay, cool. No, um, honestly, it's been an, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And look, if you're ever um, in, on my way uh, in Birmingham slash Solihull, you know, hit me up. I'll happily, hopefully, take you to a Villa match because I know you're a Villa fan too. And uh, Villa, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've been up there quite a lot recently because I'm also a big cricket fan. So I go. Of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a nice message. Excellent. Right, definitely go and, go and follow Tim and go and follow Hagley West Watches. And that's been the Oric Talk Show. We'll be back soon with another excellent guest. Ciao for now. <laughs>